Hey, Mom, do you want to play a game with me? Yes. Okay, I'm going to give you three quotes from the movie that I'm going to be talking about in today's episode, and you have to see if you can figure it out in those three quotes. Okay. And a reminder that they're all from the same movie, and the last quote, if you don't get it, then... I'm a loser. Yes. All right, here we go. Quote number one. Are you prepared to lose your job over some kids, some game? Don't no. Know okay. Number two, take the fall, act hurt, get indignant. No. All right. Last one. Are you ready? Quack, yes. quack, quack. Go ducks. Mighty ducks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you for playing. <laughs> Welcome back to A Bit of Fun with Emily. It's me, your host, Emily. I am glad you're here. So this is season two, where we're talking about 80s and 90s kids movies we grew up loving and sometimes fearing. I don't think there's fearing anymore. We're good with the fearing. Again, I think that was mostly the 80s, but this is our last sports-themed movie of the season, which uh, I I could have filled the entire season with sports-themed things, especially in the 90s. Um, We are talking about the mighty ducks. And didn't you just love my mother and her enthusiasm in the cold open? She was just so excited to participate. Thank you, mom. Um, So we're just going to dive into the lazy internet research. Uh, This one was kind of hard to find. I had to go to just IMDb. I kind of was curious. I thought there would be more out there on this one, especially since the There's the new Disney Plus series, which I haven't watched fully. I need to go back and watch all of that. Um, But first thing, Jake Gyllenhaal was unknown at the time. He auditioned for the role of Charlie Conway, which went to Joshua Jackson, but his parents wouldn't let him do the movie, which I thought was kind of funny. I also read that Leonardo DiCaprio auditioned for the part as well, and I'm starting to wonder if the internet lies. I mean, it seems that DiCaprio auditioned for just about every movie I've talked about this season, and that doesn't seem real. That seems like an exaggeration. When the Anaheim Mighty Ducks were added as an expansion team to the National Hockey League, they were named after the movie because the team was owned by Disney. However, prior to the 2005-2006 NHL season, the Ducks dropped Mighty from their name and are now known as the Anaheim Ducks. The original premise of the Mighty Ducks was much darker, with very little comedy about an ex-NHL player turned alcoholic who seeks revenge on his old coach by coaching opposite him uh glad that didn't happen that would have been i don't know if that would have been a good time eldon henson who played fulton he's the one in the movie that has um the the really good shot but can't skate and garrett ratliff henson who played guy he ends up with connie in the movie they are brothers eldon had to dye his hair and change his name so he would be cast as fulton um, and when you, I was like, were they really brothers? But when you pull up pictures of them and imagine the, um, what was his name again? Eldon Henson with lighter hair. You can see that they're, they're brothers. It's kind of fun. Um, I was also watching Casper the other night and it surprised me to see Garrett Ratliff Henson, the guy who played Guy on there. I had forgotten he was in that. Adam Banks is often referred to as a cake eater. This term is actually well known throughout Minnesota and refers to people who live in the city of Edina, a suburb of Minneapolis. A cake eater, eater, a cake eater is saying is a saying that a person who is so rich they can have their cake and eat it too. I had never heard that expression before this movie. And the bank's home address, as stated by the Hockey League worker, is 450 North Hennepin Avenue. It's a real address in Minneapolis, 
but it's a parking lot. <laughs> I wonder if it's a special parking lot. If they're like, this is just a really good parking lot. Let's use this address. And only Mighty Ducks movie not sold on video cassette in a clamshell case. What a weird fact to track, IMDb. Who, who was putting that data together? <laughs> That's kind of fun, though. Uh, all right, so let's dive into that spoiler-filled walkthrough of the movie. So we have a voiceover announcer intro in the credits. It's an interesting start to the movie. It's it's the play-by-play of a game, and I don't think we've seen that yet this season. Then, of course, we have a flashback with Gordon Bombay at a hockey game. He is eventually going to be our coach. Um, it's a penalty shot could win the game. Quick note, my knowledge of hockey is on the same level as karate. Just fair warning. I don't know anything about hockey. I do really like to go to hockey games, usually because I just want to see people fight. And if there is blood, that is a good game. I don't know if that's how you're supposed to go into watching hockey games, but uh, so it goes. We we have a really good, um, I don't know if it's a good team. I don't get to go that often, but a, a really cool arena at our state fairgrounds here in Indiana, where the Indiana Fuel play. It used to be cooler. I mean, it's really nice now. They updated it, but it used to be called the Pepsi Coliseum, or it might still, I don't know. See, this is how far my research went. I just start talking, and I'm like, you should have looked all of these things up before you started talking. Uh, But the Beatles had played there, and it was a really cool old building. It had a just an awesome vibe to it, and then they had to go and update it, which is nice, but it's just not the same. I got way off track there. I'm very sorry. So anyway, Gordon's shot, his penalty shot hits the post, and then we just get a very sad, disappointed kid sitting on the ice while his coach does nothing to console him. In fact, he just basically calls him a major disappointment. And at some point in the movie, I read that we find out, because I wasn't paying that close attention apparently, that not making the shot didn't lose them the game. They actually lost in overtime, but had he hit the penalty shot. So it wasn't all on his shoulders, but the whole movie, that's what it makes it seems like. Then we immediately get Gordon Bombay as a grown human. He's a lawyer with an ego that just fills the courtroom. He wins his case that he's arguing, but he doesn't win the admiration of his boss, which he was expecting. His antics in the courtroom aren't appreciated. And then, because he's winning at life, he goes and gets himself a DUI. So his penance, his boss is forcing him to take some time off. They manage to, you know, table the charges, um, but he has to complete some community service, take a, a vacation, and pay a fine. But because he is winning at life, his boss is keeping him on salary and providing him a driver since his license has been revoked. So he gets to continue to get paid for having a DUI, and he gets to have a use of the company limo and driver. That just doesn't seem much like a punishment. (laughs) Then we get the first scene with some of our Mighty Ducks, a pretty ingenious prank, really. um, They're in an alleyway in a dumpster, which starts out kind of sketchy, and they find a, a handbag in the dumpster, and then they hop out, and they... Charlie comes running up. He's kind of the the leader of the group. Not really the leader, but he he's kind of the team captain. He's the heart of the team. And he comes running up very excited because he has a can of beans. Um, and he, he must have brought a can opener. It just occurred to me maybe that was a peel top thing. Um, and they feed a dog some beans. They collect the result of the beans. Hopefully you know what I mean. In a ha- the handbag that they found in the dumpster. And then they lay said bag on the sidewalk with... Um, a dollar bill sticking out of the top of the purse, and they wait for some unsuspecting greedy person to stop and find the surprise. 
So they run and they hide and they watch as this man drives up in his car, uh, gets out of the car, takes the purse, feeling really proud of himself, and starts to drive and then stops immediately, throws the purse out the window because he discovers that it, you know, what's inside of the purse. Then they get, um, then a chase ensues which I find a little hard to believe that this guy would leave his car, his running car on the side of the road to chase after some kids. And he chases them pretty far over fences through what looks like construction sites. Uh, and I, maybe the point of one, again, precocious, just like in my girl, I said, it's not a kid's movie if there's not some precocious kids. So you get to see the precociousness, but you also get to see a bit of teamwork and the friendship, um, that really carries the, the team and the movie in a sense, even though after the rewatch, the movie really is about Gordon. It's not about the mighty ducks. I think that shifts a bit in the later movies. Um, but it really is about a coach going up against the opposing coach that he has some history with. And then the introduction of the conflict. So Gordon's community services to coach district fives peewee hockey team, uh, they're a lot like the Little Giants. They're a bit of the rejects. They are only loosely a team, uh, and there will be a hunt for a few extra players. So that's the thing. He's got to take this misfit band of kids who want to play hockey and try to coach them. So thoughts. Um, does everyone in Minnesota play hockey? <laughs> I mean, I know they I know they don't. I know they don't. But this is just a really curious group of kids that have signed up for this league. There's some on the team that you're like, are you being forced? Is this a, my parents are making me play? They're really good about losing, which I actually really appreciate. I played on a team like that, that it was actually the most fun I ever had playing because there was, there was no expectation of winning. There was no pressure because we were just not great. And one other thing, does the league not require official padding? I I found this hard to believe as well. How do they get away with having Goldberg in goal with no real protection? Charlie's mom gets all in a fit, understandably so, when Gordon drives the kids around on this icy pond in his limo at the first practice, but doesn't have anything to say about letting a kid have ho- hockey pucks hit at him basically unarmed. Oh, they pan down to specifically his his calves, Goldberg's calves, or goalie. Um, and it's like he's got newspapers wrapped around his pads or his legs. I don't even know if there were pads under there. I'm assuming there were for the movie. But would that be allowed in a peewee league that you have kids just unprotected on and they don't have jerseys? I I don't know. What are the parents paying into if they don't have jerseys for their kids? So that's that's our exposition and introduction of conflict, which leads us right into the rising action. Because an alcoholic coach mentoring a group of horrible hockey players isn't enough of a conflict, things immediately get worse for Gordon. His first game of the season is against his old jerky coach, Coach Riley, and the Hawks, the number one team in the league. So this was the coach that called him a disappointment and kind of that stuck with him his entire life. Um, to say the game doesn't go well would be an understatement. And Gordon doesn't take it well. He doesn't like to lose. <laughs> then we get a scene where we really see the antagonism between the Hawks and the Ducks, even off the rink. And a scene where you think Gordon is actually coaching during practice, but instead he's teaching his team how to take a fail. So the 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 Hawks are definitely cake eaters. Um, they can have their cake and eat it too. The Some of the boys come up to our mighty ducks who again in an alley 
I think it's an alley. They're playing in alleys a lot in the middle of the city. Um, they all have fancy rollerblades and pads and all of this and kind of push the ducks around. Um, and then Gordon, who just isn't willing to try, is just teaching them how to take a fall at practice. From what I gather at the next game, Gordon's whole plan is to force some penalty shots. If he Are there fouls in hockey? I don't know. Um, he's hoping that if they can take the fall and look like they're hurt, then the referees, umpires, are they, what are they called? <laughs> referees? Referees. Um, will allow them to have penalty shots and maybe they'll be able to score. But what we really learn is that the Ducks have a lot more integrity than their coach and would rather lose than cheat, especially Charlie, uh, played by Joshua Jackson. Um, at one point, Bombay is like, take, you know, really take, they're coming at you hard when they have you up against the glass, take the fall. And Charlie just defiantly stares at him as he's being pinned to the glass, kind of just pulverized. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do this. After the game, uh, Gordon has a heart to heart with an old friend, Hans, um, Hans appears to own a hockey shop. He sharpens blades. He sells equipment. Um, someone that Gordon knew from his childhood. We do find out that Gordon's father passed away when he was a child. Um, and I think he really turned to his coach Riley for that, that fatherly support, but actually it was Hans who was giving that to him. And Hans reminds him of how much he used to love hockey and that what he really needs to do is teach the kids to have fun on the ice and the rest will just kind of fall into line. Then he gives him gifts him a pair of skates. Gifts, not gives. I don't know, maybe he gives them to. That's the same thing, Emily. Uh, and Gordon goes down memory lane. Question, I honestly don't know the answer to this because I never mastered ice skating. If you would ever like to see that happen, uh, it's a real good time. I just hold on to the wall and... Um, pull myself along until I fall. And then I just kind of crawl along the ice. I have barely mastered walking, but is skating like riding a bike? Once you know how to do it, do you just not lose that skill? Because presumably it has been several years since Gordon has put on skates, but he takes to the ice like it was yesterday. I mean, curious minds want to know if you could, if you could give me that little bit of tid tidbit, a little bit of knowledge, that would be lovely. The rest of the rising action is Gordon becoming, Gordon becoming human again, learning how to coach, how to have fun, and reconnecting with the boy that he once was through this team of misfits. He immediately apologized to, apologizes to Charlie, kind of the team captain, for asking him to cheat. Uh, he gets his law firm to sponsor the team so that they can have real pads and jerseys, which is a nice move. He teaches them how to pass and receive raw eggs without breaking them. He recruits a couple new players with unique skills that help get the Ducks their first win. One is a figure skater and her little brother. Um, and then, of course, we have Fulton, who's the power hitter. Um, he finds out that the Hawks star player is actually in their district. The star player is Adam Banks. Um, and so he's like, he should be on our team. And then he gets fired when his boss tries to get him to withdraw his protest to the Pee Wee League. And he refuses about Adam. He's not going to ask his team to cheat again, which I, I liked. I liked that conversation that, you know, he, he grows very quickly. Gordon Bombay has just a life switch very quickly. Um, but I, I like that element of it that, you know, no, they taught him that. All of this is leading to the big showdown, the climax of the game where the Ducks meet the Hawks again. And during the rewatch, again, I realized we don't get a lot of time with the kids. Um, 
there's of course the the prank scene at the beginning where we meet them then there's some practices and you slowly start to see their personalities um and then the only other real scene you get with them outside of charlie who you see a little more because bombay starts to date his mom is the scene there's a scene at school where there's some antagonism going on um some of the kids have overheard bombay talking to riley and it makes it sound like he doesn't think they're very good or that they're not going to make it to the playoffs, which we're going to talk about that. Uh, I have some questions. And so they get upset and they kind of quit the they quit the team. And then they make fun of and kind of harass Charlie for going out onto the ice, even though the game has to be forfeited because there's only two players. But there's, they, there's a tense scene in a science class where they all get attention and then Bombay comes in and he's like, I, I'm sorry, I don't know what you overheard. Um, I don't know what you think is going on, but I think we can win and I want us to be a team again. And they all jump back on the bandwagons. But you don't, other than that, you don't get a lot of time with the kids, which is fascinating. So the big game. Before we go there, though, a question. Uh, let's let's talk about this. When Gordon first joins the team, that first practice, Connie, at the time the only girl on the team, one of the players, tells him that they're 0-9 right? And yet after what seems like just a couple of games, one they definitely lost and one that was definitely forfeited, the team is somehow near eligibility for the playoffs. Seems to me that this playoffs bar is just really low. There's no way they were able to win enough games to move up in the league that quickly. And how many games does a Wee league play within a season? I think back to my, my, Amateur athletic sports, I only played amateur athletic sports, but childhood sports, we would have really only one game a week on the weekends. I can see sometimes, though, when I was in AAU basketball, I guess we would have a game an evening a week, but really no more than two games unless you did like a doubleheader on a Saturday. So how nine games, That that's at least... Let's let's go with the two weeks. That's two games a week. That's at least a month, a little over a month of games. How many games do they play? And how, yeah, I just, it's not like this is summer Little League Baseball when the kids are off school. The kids are very much in school. No way this league is playing multiple games in the evening during the week. And there's no way this team improves so drastically in a matter of weeks to start beating every other team in the league to make them eligible for the playoffs. What is this eligibility? Is it you just have to have won one game to be eligible for the playoffs? Even with a few strong athletes on the rink with them now, I just, I don't think this is possible. Okay, the game. The Hawks play as dirty and as mean as their coach. I They get them, um, gets them an early lead, 3-0 lead. Banks, the former Hawk, gets shut down and eventually intentionally injured to take him off the ice. That motivates the Ducks, and with the help of their power shooter, Fulton, get the game to 3-2. Then the Ducks start to play their own weird kooky game with some figure skating moves, which I really like. Um, the I forget her name, but she starts to do a spin, stops, they pass her the puck, and she shoots and scores. Uh, the spinning distracted the other team. Then we get the piece de resistance, the, the flying V formation where the team forms a V with the the point of the V facing their goal, sending the puck back and forth throughout the formation until they break apart and start tackling the other team, leaving somebody open to score. Tie game. 
the Ducks are heading down the rink to score um, again for the final final point when a Hawk member catches Charlie, who's doing a breakaway, on the arm with a stick, and that forces a penalty shot. Um, it is a stick, right? Yeah, hockey stick, yes. I was like, that doesn't sound right. So Gordon gives young Charlie a pep talk. So we're back. It's It mirrors the same, of course, thing that Gordon went through uh, when he was a kid. Um, he gives Charlie a pep talk, though, and he tells him that he's proud of him, win or lose. And the leader goes out uh, and scores the winning point. The parents rush the ice in celebration. Gordon goes off to try out in the minors, his team at the bus station to cheer him on. The end. There's not a lot to this movie. <laughs> I remember loving it as a kid, and I still really enjoyed it. I do like the kids. I think kid actors can make or break a movie, and a lot of what the 90s did really well, in the, especially in sports movies, is give kids some great personalities. They're all kind of unique. You see a lot of them in different things. Um, so they're here, there, and everywhere in movies in the 90s, but it's just a lot of fun. As for life lessons, I think uh, if something from your childhood is keeping you from being a good person as an adult, because <laughs> at the beginning of the movie, Gordon Bombay was not a great person. Uh, he was selfish and full of himself, um, had a very high opinion of himself. Not that he wasn't good at his job, but he let his ego carry him to the point where not everybody liked him because of that ego. If, if that's a problem, then maybe go talk to somebody. Uh, even if it is an old friend named Hans, go talk to someone that knew you when, um, and you can talk about, you know, why you are the way you are a little bit. <laughs> so I think that's one life lesson Two, that don't let something from your childhood define you either. I mean, being young and being a kid and going through the ups and downs of that and growing and learning is all a part of the process. And so you can't let your life be defined by something that happened in your childhood or you shouldn't. Or if, again, if it does, um, that's, that's something you need to address. And, but three, I think the thing that really stuck with me was that line that it's better to lose than to cheat, that you can, you can get ahead in life in any number of ways. Um, but if it forces you to compromise who you are, what you believe in, your integrity, it, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to do that. Um, and sometimes you have to stand up for yourself and for the people around you that, that you care about that, you know, no, I'm not going to do this. And that can be harder, you know, easier said than done. And it can come with some hard consequences. I think that uh, maybe... Gordon Bombay should have sued his boss for firing him for that particular offense. That would have been an interesting sequel. <laughs> but uh, character casting, I can't think of anybody I didn't didn't really like that felt uncomfortable. No, I think it was fine. I didn't love Charlie's mom, but I didn't dislike her either. I wish we could have just gotten more time with all of the kids. I wish that that was more of a focus. And again, I think as we continue on in the movies, it definitely does become a bigger part of the focus. Does this or did this need a sequel? I'm glad it got one or a couple, actually. Um, they were fun. And to see the team kind of evolve and grow, and you really do get to see the personalities of the kids in the t as they become teenagers and all of that as it moves along. I'm glad it got sequels. And again, I need to watch the remake, the Disney Plus show. I guess it's not a remake, but... Um, I need to watch that and see if it kind of has that same vibe as the movies did. Rewatchability? Absolutely. 
Uh, this is not one of, again, not one of my go-tos. I do watch it from time to time, though, and I know I watched it a lot as a kid. This was probably, I would say, top five movies I watched as a kid that came out in the 90s because, yeah, I watched a lot of movies over and over and over again. But kids' movies, this was probably one of my top rewatchable ones. But what do you think of The Mighty Ducks? Is it one of your favorite 90s sports movies? What is your favorite 90s sports movies? I can't believe this season is almost over. We only have one more week to go. Next week, we've got kind of some, again, some misfit kid ones. Um, some comedies. They're all comedies. No, my girl's not a comedy. <laughs> I did not find that one funny. Uh, but we are almost done with our 90s movies. Is there something I should have done? Well, I guess you don't know what the last two are. They're going to be a surprise, but... But that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Really, it is so appreciated. If you haven't already, I hope you subscribe so we can keep going on this journey together. And if you've got the time, it would be just lovely if you could rate and review the podcast uh, just to let me know that you're listening. That would be awesome. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at at GnomeGirlM and on Facebook as a bit of fun with Emily. Hey, go have yourself a bit of fun today and I will see you soon.